Hey now, hey now, what a game, what an ending. But enough about the 49ers, let's talk about the San Jose Sharks. Yahoo! Man. Oh, feels good if you're a Niners fan. Not so much <laughs> if you're a Sharks fan. But if you listen last week, I said the Sharks would go one and three. I didn't think they'd do it like this, though. So, welcome I'm to the... I'm surprised they won one. <laughs> and that, well, Columbus was there. Uh, welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. Remember, you can keep us commercial-free so we're not talking about, uh, I don't know, gambling ads, which we're going to talk about later, actually. But keep us commercial-free using the Super Chat option during the live shows. Better yet, you can find us on Venmo at Teal Town USA. Shout-out to John, Dusty, Mike, and Kathy for the Venmo donations last Sunday. Very much appreciate that. But if you're new to the cast, remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Leave your take in the comment section of the video if you're not with us live. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, Hit subscribe there, and if you're using Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a review. So, hoy, 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 hoy. Oh, let me stretch it out here. Oh, yeah, feels good. Feels good. Oh, yeah, feels right. Would good. you say feels great, baby? Oh, it could. It could. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, the, uh, the, oh, yeah, we're talking about the sharks. All right, so. Who? <laughs> sharks. Why would we do that? I know. Sharks played four this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do I have the uh, the final score correct, by the way? I mean, is that what you call playing? <laughs> Someone let me know if I don't have the final score correct for the Boston game on the score strip. I thought I did. Uh, but anyway, four games this week. Pick up two of eight, going one and three, just as we said they would. Through, what are we at now, 49 games? Does that sound right? Uh, 48? Yeah, 48. 48. So they're 14, 25, and 9. At, if, this were a, if this were a lockout, the season would be over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. God willing. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Sharks lose in a shootout in a game where they couldn't hold out for just 10 more seconds. Now, to be fair, a lot of guys know that pain of not being able to hold out for 10 more seconds. Oddly enough, Peter DeBoer, Joe Pavelski are on the losing side of blowing a 3-0 lead. In Columbus, the Sharks piss away multiple leads to the worst team in hockey. And then we have tonight the first shutout that the Sharks have gotten. Now, now they've shut out two teams this year. They shut out Philadelphia. They shut out Montreal. But tonight, the first time, the Sharks get shut out. But we'll talk about that. We got, uh, what, LeBanc being benched for four straight. A lot of Timo trade talk. Carlson doing Carlson things. Uh, some more jersey reveals. Uh, we might mention Ivan Provorov for a five, for about five seconds. Uh, what to do with cheap beer at the Cuda Games. Uh, but uh, And maybe a little bit more, but it's Pucknologist Takeover, which means we talk about the game that you just watched. And to quote Hockey Jerk, I mean, if we have to. <laughs> Accurate. <sighs> Somebody's got to keep the lights on. Oh, my Lord. Uh, so the, I mean, they keep the streak alive. The Sharks haven't beaten the Bruins in seven years and here we are. <laughs> Has it really been that long? Dude, they mentioned it last win in 2016 
coming in Boston. You know what's fun? Actually, you know what's funny about that is I remember that last win because it was such a suck fest about how they swept a road trip. And so now, you know, the shoe is on the other foot a little bit, right? Where the new dialogue is that they, you know, haven't won a whole lot. I don't know. I think it's fun. <sighs> you know, it's funny. The the Mercury News with San Jose-based publication, right? Yep. Po- posted an article earlier today that said that the Warriors actually tried. Oh, for those of you who don't know, they play basketball. Uh, but there's a team in the Bay Area called the Warriors that play basketball. And they evidently had a start time today of like 5 o'clock or something and petitioned the NBA to like push it out to 7 because I don't know, ratings, ticket sales, whatever. And they were denied. But which is interesting, right? Because you you make money from ratings, you make money from ticket sales, right? Last I checked, many people you are know, saying. That's uh, it's kind of a smart and and you know, from what I understand, the Warriors are pretty savvy on the business side of things, so that's a, a smart play on their part. I mean, well, I think if the NBA was smart, they would have said, "Yeah." Well, the thing that just got me, though, is the fact that the entire article was just like, you know, uh, they, they tried to do this because they're playing at the same time, and it was the, it, nary a mention of the Sharks. Well, and... Playing at the same time. Whatever. <laughs> well, uh, but I mean, you know, why, you know, I mean, the news is depressing enough. You don't need <laughs> to add to it. Ah! All right, so uh, after losing to the worst team in the NHL, the Sharks lose to the best team in the NHL. Uh, dude, were you surprised? 30 seconds in, you got Timo dropping the gloves? Um, it, it was kind of interesting, just not so much who was involved, but more so just the timing of it, right? It seemed like, I mean, the play that obviously precipitated it, yeah, um, you know, it's a play that you expect that kind of reaction from, but I think the timing was just, very odd because that was kind of like the first sort of moment in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly it didn't work for the Sharks. So <laughs> Interesting. I think bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, and, and this is just me. I maybe don't take your best player off the ice in a tie game. I mean, maybe <laughs> many people are saying, <laughs> uh, Lynn home would score seven forty five in after absolutely wrecking AC Mont's ankles, dude. Oh, God. Dude, that was so sick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one nothing. Nine minutes before the Sharks get their first shot on goal in the first period. Also, same in the second, by the way. Uh, two power plays for the Sharks, zero shots. Um, last I heard, you can't score if you don't shoot. But, I mean, can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, McAvoy absolutely dancing through Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson. They go for stick checks rather than actually hitting. And boom, it's buried 2 nothing. Then Felino. okay, on this one, it's like, dude, no way Reimer saw the Felino deflection. 3 nothing. It's, oh, it's so bad. I mean, this... It, the it, the it, only time you felt like the Sharks might have had a shot is when Swayman came in for two and a half minutes. <laughs> See, but even then, like Swayman's a good goalie, you know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I fully expected, honestly, I fully expected the other way, where Swayman was maybe going to score. Like <laughs> this game, Jeez. and and you know, it, this game, I'll I'll be totally honest between me, you, and the fence post. Like, I'm I'm kind of this game was very boring. This game was very academic, one and done for the Sharks, and I kind of 
preferred it that way. You know, as you know, as many of our viewers and listeners know, there was, um, you know, depending on what your interests are, either one or two more interesting sporting events to watch over this one. Mm -hmm. And so if you were like me and you were sort of, you know, doing the, the split view, uh, you know, you didn't really miss all that much. And <laughs> one eye was getting more of a workout than the other. Absolutely. And and honestly, like you just I mean, you watch the game and again, it was very one and done. And in a lot of cases, not even one for the Sharks. Mm -hmm. But you look at the stats. I mean, there's there's nothing remotely interesting there. I mean, Jacob Megna, the only defenseman to not be minus. I kind of <laughs> dude. Meyer took a face <laughs> off and won it. There you go. <laughs> right. I kind of feel like that just furthers like the Jacob Magna like truther narrative, you know, where it's like maybe he was good all along, you know. Oh, dude, uh, Dana coming in hot. Most exciting play of the game in the third period when they played Panic at the Disco on the pipe organ. There you go. <laughs> Dear you Lord, know, I mean, you heard it there. The safest guy on the ice during the Sharks power play was Allmark. <laughs> I mean. Dude, relentless forecheck by Boston. Every time the Sharks got the puck out of the defensive zone, Boston gained possession in the neutral, brought it right back in. Well, and here's the other thing, right? I mean, we talked about it the last time the Sharks played the Bruins, but Olmark is probably going to win the Vesna this year. Probably. So from a Sharks perspective, wouldn't you just want to – I mean – with how well he's playing, wouldn't you just want to throw everything at him to try and get something? I mean, law of averages says, you know, something has to go in, right? Yeah. You know, if if I know I was playing a goalie as on top of things as as uh, as Olmark, I would have been shooting everything. Oh, <laughs> pick up the net and throw it at somebody. Uh, dude, Meyer, with, with the take of the night in a postgame, Meyer saying... Boston rolls four lines. They're physical. They hold on to pucks. They break out well. Kind of all the things we don't. <laughs> Dude. I'm sorry. That sounds like a quote from a guy who's ready to split. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, oh, fuck. Dude. Between Meyer and Sturm. <laughs> I, I love this. It, it's such a refreshing amount of honesty, to be to be honest. <laughs> Well, and I and I think certainly what what kind of helps things out or hurts things, depending on who you're looking at, is, you know, at least in this situation, it's the best player kind of saying, hey, like, what the hell are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, if I'm Timo Meyer, I would kind of be, and obviously I'm not, but like, if I'm Timo Meyer and I like San Jose, I like the Sharks, right? I'm going to I'm going to Mike Greer and I'm saying, hey, bro. Like, I want to stay here, but you got to do something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or we're going to get, like, go, we're gonna go get, go get a Boudreaux. Yeah, like, do something <laughs> to make me want to stay. <sighs> Dear Lord. So, I mean, there's, there's really not much. I mean, what can we say about this game? I mean, <laughs> I think we've pretty much said it. Like, I don't mean to, like, be over in, in seven minutes with this, but, I mean... But it, what is there to talk about? That's what I'm saying. It was like they couldn't you, they, put put it in the chat. Do you want to hear us complain about the Sharks for the next 20 minutes? Well, I mean, that's going to happen. It's just do you want to hear right. us to complain Sharks about the game. Boston game? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, if you I mean, shit, dude, let us know. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> OK, and you mentioned it before. All Mark for Vesna. I mean, what do you think about Montgomery for the Adams? Yeah, I mean, I that's I a hell of a story, dude. Like, didn't he like have to go to a rehab when he was with uh, Dallas for some yeah. alcohol abuse or something? Yeah, he had a um, 
some kind of like addiction troubles there. And so the fact that he sort of battled back, right. And then, you know, battled the sort of the personal adversity and then comes in and, you know, is, is running things for the best team in the league. Right. And I know, you know, my, my fiance will tell you that coaches do nothing. And I think on a lot of levels, that's true, but you still got to know how to arrange the chess pieces. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And but, so I'm I'm with you on that. Dude, remarkable story. I think I think he gets the Adams just based on the whole story. Can I interject with an aside that has nothing to do with the Boston Bruins? <laughs> dude. Knock so, yourself out, man. <laughs> so um about three hours ago. Oh shit. I and I don't know if you saw it or not. I think maybe you did. Uh, I threw out a tweet that just simply said, can't wait for the Sharks to get pumped five to nothing and their social media accounts talk about the 49ers game. <laughs> so the final it's... score was four to zero. I mean, dude, and... hashtag four scene. Well, so the final score was four to zero. And 10 minutes ago, the Sharks tweeted at the 49ers account saying, you know, oh, let's go. Good game. And it's like, you know, I, I don't bring this up to be like, hey, look how right I am. But it's more just like how is predictable this, is... it is. How predictable it is, but it more so just like like is this is this the the you know the level of mediocrity that the sharks have have fallen to where it's like hey you know what we suck but we um are in the same area code as a team that's really good and we're friends with them you know kind of like you know the the one guy of your friend group who's always like oh yeah i know you know like and always starts fights and then is like oh i'm going to bring my boys over here and then nobody shows up that's the sharks right now uh 49ers you got any room on those uh, coattails of yours over like there? don't get me don't get me wrong i'm a fan of both teams i like seeing the collaboration but at this point it's just it's silly really oh, dude. i don't understand how allmark only gets the the third star after a shutout, Lindholm second, McAvoy first. I don't, I don't, whatever. Who cares? Uh, d- the one thing I will say about this, if you're listening to the Sharks broadcast, dude, Randy taking some shots at Boston, dude, <laughs> more than a couple digs. I don't know if that was supposed to be like the anti Jack Edwards, but he, he took some shots, dude. Um, yeah, you know, I'll be totally honest. I had the game on mute the whole time. Oh, uh, and I, and I think I'm better off for it. Oh, <laughs> that said. <laughs> I am also all for anybody trying to be the anti-Jack Edwards. Oh, true that. So <laughs> it works out. All right. So in two games versus Boston, the Sharks have uh, scored two goals and given up eight. Right where we want them. Sure. Absolutely. So let's let's be done with this. Ugh. Let's get to the beginning of the week. Wasn't that better, but at least the Sharks scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, four. Three, shootout loss to New Jersey. Storyline in this one, LeBank getting scratched and Gregor making the most of uh, getting a start and seemed to, as, long, as far as I'm concerned, made the most of it this entire week. Yeah, at this point, I don't see a reason to take him out of the lineup just because of how well he's played. You know, we talked about, specifically last week, we talked about, like, playing with a pulse, right? Playing like you want to, playing like you want to be there, playing like you want to win, like you care, and this week, Noah Gregor, you know, when times were tough, appeared to be one of the few players to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Dude. But I don't, I mean, Quinn's forgotten more about hockey than I'll ever know, but I don't, I, I just don't understand why you scratch LeBanc, a guy who's been pretty positive with the analytics. Like, why not Lindblom? 
and maybe even further, dude, why not Hurdle? I mean, dude, Hurdle's kind of suck. He hasn't scored in like 16 games. You know what, though? Like, I don't I don't disagree with you. I definitely think Hurdle has been fighting it lately. But, you know, I kind of had to check myself a little bit because, like, Hurdle, he's on pace for, like, I think he's on pace for, like, 80 points, you know, which would be a career high. And know, so... Just- 73 he's on pace for 73 points he's somehow sneaking points but you know it's one of the there to quote a phrase that you use he's kind of doing it quietly right now yeah i wouldn't even like it's just it's 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 really uneventful Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's you know he yeah okay so he gets a secondary assist when meyer or carlson score like that's great right but it's you know looking at oh you know what you know, Hurdle's a big body and he's strong, but, you know, he got muscled off there or he lost the puck there. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I don't know that it makes sense to scratch him, but at the very least, I think something, <laughs> something, something has to happen. Right. You know, some I don't know what it is. I'm not sure. But to your point, like maybe I'm in the minority on this. I I thought Lindblom has played well the last couple games. I, you I know, mean, I don't think he's, he's been horrible. Sure, he's not scoring as much as he should be, but I don't really think he's hurting the team. I would, I mean... But, I mean, Lindbaum plays I, on the right side, doesn't he? Well, sure, but I okay, think... Okay, and I isn't that LeBanc's position? Yeah, but, I mean, if you're a winger, it's easy to flip other, flip sides, you know what I mean? Okay, well, then get Gadjevic out of there. I don't know, I, it's just... It, but yeah. see, but what's the, you know, why Gadjevic's doing what you've asked for him. It, it, my point being is that, like, I don't know, I just feel like it, it's just funny to see LeBanc, who analytically has done well, he he's put up some points in, in, in stretches here and there. Like, I don't think he's been horrible. He's made the mistake or a time or two here, just like every other player has. And we talked about it like a week or so ago. Marco Sturm kind of rushing. I don't want to say rushing to his defense, but it was definitely kind of a subtle comment where he's espousing kudos mm-hmm. to Quinn, saying it's nice that you know I can make a mistake and I'm not you know immediately pulled off or something that we're given some some rope here. Well, it's like well, I guess if your name's Sturm, that's the case. But if it's LeBanc, no. <laughs> you know, I, I uh... and and on a team. With such little offensive talent, it's like, really? You're going to pull off LeBanc instead of Lindblom? Like, I'm not saying Lindblom isn't doing his job, but Lindblom, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say LeBanc has more points than Lindblom. That is correct information. Okay. Uh, LeBanc has over doubled what Lindblom has done. So, um, my point. I kind of, and you know what? I've, I've liked what he's brought to the lineup since he's come in, you know, so I feel. I've, I, I'm sort of struggling with this, but I kind of feel like all roads with in terms of LeBanc coming back, I feel like all roads kind of lead to Asimon being the man out only because like, see, you know, and I believe, I've liked what he's brought. I've liked what he's brought too. But as we've talked about, as <laughs> we've I'm like talked going, about, I'm looking at him going, fuck is this guy doing on the top line though? Well, r- right. And, and what we've talked about many times is like, you know, if you're getting a bunch of scoring chances, like that's awesome. But at some point they have to go in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, I think through osmosis, I think Isomon will get something in there, right? But to your point, at a certain point, you need to go for another look. And it doesn't make sense to, I don't know, it, it just doesn't make sense. Because if you, if LeBanc's part of your future, well, then play him. <laughs> and if you're trying to trade LeBanc, 
play him so that other people can see, hmm, yeah, that's a guy that we really want here. Well, and this goes back to a point that we've made for I don't know how long, but you think about it, it's like, don't you think like a really, really solid third line would be Sturm centering Nieto and Asimov? Like you got yeah. a little speed, you got some tenacity in Sturm. Uh, I mean, Asimov is turning into kind of like a, uh, I don't know, bargain bin Marchand, where he's an agitator right. and but and he, and he can find some open space, he can get some looks. But my point being is like that would make a great, a solid third line and potentially where all three of those players should be. Yet two of them are in the top six, which goes to point out how little offense this team has. You know, I don't disagree with you on Sturm or Asimon because I think, like you said, there is sort of that speed mixed with tenacity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know Michael Molasses is going to have something to say, but I, I'm, I just view Nieto as more of a fourth line guy. Like I would rather put somebody on this hypothetical third line left wing. I would rather put somebody there who come on, rip him, dude. Every time you rip Maddie, dude, he like goes on a scoring tear. (laughs) Keep it up, bro. You know, I would rather put someone there who has maybe either shown some offensive prowess or at least has more of an offensive skill set, right? And and maybe that is LeBanc, you know, maybe it's Noah Gregor, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's Oscar Lindblom. Like, I know Lindblom hasn't been really great this year compared to obviously what's expected of him, but Lindblom, I feel like, I feel like Lindblom is really the only guy who you know, got, if you want to use the terminology, got punished, AKA demoted in the lineup Uh and is really the only guy who hasn't, despite what he's done, hasn't really been able to work his way back up. You know what I mean? Like Svechnikov got punished and he was able to make his way back up when he was in the lineup. Same thing with LeBanc, same thing with Gregor, same thing with Matt Nieto. And not to say that Lindblom would be a better option, but at what point do you have to say, okay, this guy's got some skill. Maybe we need to put him in a spot where it can be unlocked. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I haven't seen this come down. So Tony, I'm going to trust you in the chat. Uh, says Quinn says post game that he does not want to talk about why he scratched LeBanc the four games. I don't understand why you would say that, but he says he is disappointed with team chemistry and effort. Maybe there will be changes due to road trip loss. Interesting. If Tony, if you can share a link, I would love to put eyes on that. Uh, yeah, I want. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about why he scratched LeBain. <laughs> the guy who the guy who loves talking. Right? Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, and he. It's not like he. I mean, dude, that's kind of your job. What are you? <laughs> right. What are you talking about? I don't know. Well, you know, we'll keep an eye on the uh, normal accounts here. But man, that's uh, that's something. That's something else. Uh, let's finish up on New Jersey here. Um, Look, to their credit, the Sharks came back. They took a 2-1 lead by the end of the first uh, after <laughs> after giving up the tying goal 11 seconds into the third. Bonino would get the lead back. But then the Sharks cough it up with 10 seconds left. And so instead of picking up two points, they only get one that ends up in the shootout. Bonino fumbles it. Couture stopped. And then Barabanov also stopped. But Remenda called out Carlson, Couture, and Hurdle saying, the big boys need to step up. Carlson was on the ice for all three goals and didn't play well in those instances. Now, of course, the that makes in in the eyes of a lot of people that uh, enjoy taking shots at me that obviously makes Ramenda Carlson hater because he mm. he pointed out th- negative things. You know, obviously. when I when I do it, I'm a her or I'm a hater. But you know, <laughs> um, 
So anyway, uh, so Tony says he was listening to the post game with with Brody. So we'll we'll take your word for it. <laughs> Thirteen thousand, almost three hundred, at the tank for that one. Dallas, oh Dallas, three three and one over their previous seven, including getting shut out in Anaheim, but then shutting out the Knights in Vegas. Dallas came into this one without their top center. Hints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they got off. They had a three zero lead, and you're like, "Okay, boys, pack it in, right?" Yeah. So I mean, they fight back from a three goal deficit for the first time since 2017. They get five unanswered uh, over Otter. <sighs> so best team in the West, and they do that. Ek with a four point night. So I guess he answers uh, the bell pretty hard on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, can we trade him now? <laughs> you know. I've it it was kind of I don't want to say it was funny, but it was definitely interesting how after this game the dialogue was just oh man the Sharks beat you know one of the best teams in the Western Conference like this is a real you know what are all the right uh, a measuring stick game you know we we, well we knew who the men and the boys were in this one right (laughs) you know like one of those right the the dialogue was all very very. testosterone infused mm-hmm. uh you know very puffed your chest kind of deal and we obviously know what happened after that but i just thought it was very interesting to to you know borrow a phrase from you like when you win a big game after losing three or four games like it's yeah i mean it's exciting but prior history will tell you that it's not a sign of things to come <laughs> you're right uh Alex chirping me saying, Drew at least has some hockey knowledge to back it up, AJ. You're right. You're right. Uh, Hot Wheels. Is there a reason we never see Meyer and Hurdle on the shootout? Uh, Yeah, because we're trying to tank. Are are you new here? (laughs) Logically, though, it would make sense for both of those guys to be there, one and two. You would think. (laughs) One would think. And give it up to Reimer, uh, finally getting his 200th win. Versus Dallas saying, yeah, that was the game plan. We knew if we spotted them three and then laughs ensued. So, uh, the, but the, let's get to the tweet of the week. Uh, cause this is going to be fun. Uh, I appreciate Moz. I love Moz. Great guy. Uh, he takes his shots. So everybody knows I'm a little bit of a Pavelski fanboy. I, I digs me some pavs, which is fine. Yeah. And, uh, but he comes, comes in hot. He's a, Hey, AJ, how many points did Pavs get tonight, pal? Hashtag Big Dick Carl. <laughs> hey, yeah, Pavs had no points this game. Uh, but Chief would still be third on the Sharks behind EK and Timo points-wise. Uh, at the time of that game, Magna is the only plus player on the Sharks at plus one. Pavs is plus 31 on the best team in the West. I think I think Pavs will be okay. And now, yes, I know. Plus, minus means nothing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, but the reason I mention it, the numbers are so insanely skewed. So I think it I think it, it, it calls out the fact that when Pavs is on the ice, good things are happening. Totally, okay. and I don't think, and the thing is, like, I wouldn't say plus minus is meaningless. I would say it means little, right? It, it means, if, yes. Because if you're, again, the 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 perfect example of this, right, you, you look at, again, you look at Joe Pavelski, your friend, Plus, he's he's plus thirty three now. 
And, you know, aside from his line mates, nobody really comes close to that. And so you're thinking, well, shit, man, this guy is never on the ice for a goal. Right. And conversely, you know, you look at, uh, excuse me, you look at the Sharks and you look at Mario Ferraro, who far and away in terms of plus minus is the worst defenseman on the team. And so it, you sort of take a step back and you say, okay, yes, plus minus means, means very little, but why is yours so much worse than everybody else's? You know what I mean? It's uh, kind of the, the inverse of that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly part of the point I was making. And then, uh, oh, oh, I'm not going to even give it oxygen. Uh, tickets distributed 12,300 in this. So a little bit less. You would have thought the, there would have been some more Pavs fanboys in the house, right? Yeah, he's eh. been back so many times. I feel like the shine's worn off at this point. All right, Bloom's off the road. Um, uh, I mean, unless I mean, unless you watch pre and post game, then you know he's still on the team. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, moving on to Columbus. I mean, Hilarious look, game. dude, the no one fixes a losing streak like the Sharks. Uh, NHL's worst team, two eight and zero over their previous ten. They came in on a three game losing stretch, and you're like. Come on, this is gonna. Th- are we gonna see the Sharks have a winning streak like two in a row? Well, and they were up three Cobb too. That's what I'm saying, dude. Gregor comes in with Timo feeds Meyer in the slot uh, because he knows that Timo can score and Gregor can't, of course. Ouch! Hell of a pass though. Yeah, Gregor did take two penalties in this one, so I was like, oh shit, he's gonna get scratched for that, right? <laughs> one thing I liked in this was, uh, dude, Gustav, absolute, you're like favorite former shark stripping your favorite current star. <laughs> Nyquist, Nyquist ripped off Barabanov and sniped Kakinen. Oh, but uh, I mean, they scored first in every period and couldn't hold a goddamn lead. So uh, imagine, pose- imagine where this Sharks team would be if they if, could hold a lead. No, I was going to take it a step further. Imagine where this Sharks team would be had they were had they been able to re-sign Gus Nyquist like they were supposed to. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, your the boy, thing is... Your pal. Well, and, and you know, all, all, you know, fandom aside, like that was, to borrow a expression from you, it was fait accompli, mm-hmm. right? It, yeah, you know, how, it, how dare you re-sign a top six player that you desperately need? Well, and, and got for a good deal too, right? Oh, dude, great and, deal. And, and, you know, he did the whole thing. You know, I love, I love being here. You know, it's great. I was, was not here very long, but it's great. You know, his, his buddy Carlson met him at the airport. It was supposed to be a very kumbaya situation. And then, you know, I don't know what happened, but I, I think I know what happened, but I'm not totally sure. And I don't know. I, I hate to do the revisionist history, but it does kind of make you wonder a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post game, king of, Honest people, Nico Sturm says, terrible, lackluster effort. Columbus deserved to win in the end. No offense to Columbus, but we can't play like that. Maybe we thought it would be easy because they're at the bottom of the standings, but so are we. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, chef's kiss comment. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm sure all the uh, the people that want the sound bites are like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> uh, he goes, at some point, you have to learn to put teams away. Well, you're more than halfway through the season there's 32 games that you've played where you've had the lead. You've lost 20 of them. You lead the league in that by a fair margin. And you know, what's really unfortunate too, is this, this whole sort of methodology of being able to put teams away. Right. In my history as a Sharks fan, which if you don't know, goes back to 2001, the Sharks have almost never 
had that killer instinct, right? I mean, even as good as those teams were under Ron Wilson and Todd McClellan, almost never had that killer instinct. You really only saw it under Peter DeBoer. Mm-hmm. And, and I know he's sort of like, <laughs> you know, not somebody that Sharks fans like to remember being here, but that was really the only situation where I felt like the Sharks had a killer instinct. I mean, you look at the run to the Stanley Cup final, there were a lot of opportunities where the Sharks could have folded over, and they didn't. They put their hand around the proverbial throat and choked the life out of the other team. And and same thing in 2019, you know, like they were dead against Vegas. They could have been dead against Colorado. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would, I would fight you a little bit on last season. I think Bob Bugner, once he had like the fair shot at actually having a a, a full camp in sure. San Jose. Uh, I thought there was a lot of times last season that the Sharks could have waved the white flag and they didn't. So I think, I don't know that yeah. Bogner gets a lot of uh, enough credit for that. No, I, do, I don't disagree with you, but I think it was outshined by his <laughs> deployment, general poor decisions when it comes to <laughs> deploying players. Yeah. Um, finally for the Columbus game, Quinn post game said, we thought it would be easy and it wasn't, we didn't want to pay the price. It was more important to Columbus as the game went on. Decision-making with the puck was bad. We tried things regardless of what the consequence would be. And we sold out for offense way too often and didn't dig in. I mean, I almost feel like you could say that for this season. Yeah, I mean, it feels like anytime the Sharks have had a lead, they've gotten very overzealous and squandered it away, right? I mean, against this this week against the Devils, obviously, against the Blue Jackets as well. Even you you go back and think about it. How many how many games against Anaheim did they give up a lead late? You know, I I I think about the game against Tampa Bay where it was tied and Tampa Bay took the lead very late, like to the point you're making. Like it's just it is the narrative for the season because they just <laughs> can't hold anything even early in the game. You know, they were up two throw on Columbus early and fumbled it. <laughs> I mean, dude, the slogan of this season might as well be, we can't have nice things here. We just, I bet. we, we can't, it's the, this team t- uh, tonight was kind of an embodiment of it. Like I was saying where, uh, <clears throat> who was it? Uh, McAvoy or whatever, just walked through Meyer and Carlson, who both just, you know, the willy nilly, oh, let me just put my stick kind of near you and hope it, it like throws you off instead of actually hitting somebody. Here's the thing, dude. If, if, if the game, so, you know, you play 82 games. If in, in the season, you, do? you know, <laughs> if, if in the season, if the game you had to play was strictly the first 10 minutes of the first, and the last 10 minutes of the third, if that was all you had to play, the Sharks would be 82-0. and 0. I don't because know about that. There's been more than a few times they've given up a goal in like the first 30 seconds of a game. Sure, but but think about think about shoe on the other foot, right? The Sharks, it seems like more often than, well, I don't want to say more often than not, but it seems like they jump out, you know, they feel the energy early on, they jump out early, right? And then sort of fall apart in the middle. And then towards the end, you know, when game's on the line, the goalie's pulled, they think, oh, shit, we should try and do something here. And they play with a lot of jump towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Hey, Larry nailing it in the chat, just saying, what else is to be said about this team? You're right. Uh, you know what? Are we going to do a puck knowledge just next week? 
<laughs> oh no, I think it's the Sunday after that we might take off since it's just going to be the uh, All Star break. But <laughs> who's we? <laughs> yeah. You might take it off. <laughs> <laughs> who's we? Pale face. Oh, <laughs> uh, but wait for it. Here it comes. You ready? Got to get that sip. Tell us what is it? Mm. Nice little Diet Coke there. There you go. How does that burn feel good? Oh, dude, proud sponsor of the San Jose Shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's move on to hero and zero oh boy this uh yes. <laughs> I, I what i said yikes <laughs> i was um dude i was i was pleasantly surprised coming in tonight i'm going you know what i feel like ac Mon needs to get a, a little love a little tap for what he's done coming yep. in and, and doing what he has done being thrown on basically the top line he's agitating the other team now tonight he took like i felt like all the sharks penalties so that's not good mm-hmm. but up until tonight i was i was kind of going hey look for f- the position the they're putting him in he, he it's it's not awful I mean, he's he's like literally like the one of three guys on the team that actually plays a physical game you know i'm not saying run around and just go head hunting or anything like that like you have to be smart like when the chance presents itself, mm-hmm. yeah, tear somebody a new one. Yeah, uh, he he plays with a pulse. I mean, that's really <laughs> what it is, right? So there you go. So AC Mon <laughs> is uh, my hero for the week, but I feel like I could have taken somebody else, and I'm just I'm going to see if you're going to take him. Uh, so I'm I, I'm not I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that you know, or I'm sorry I'm pretty confident you don't know what I'm gonna do. I agree with you with with Asimon. He was he was a strong consideration for everything you laid out, and I know the sexy pick is Noah Gregor, and my my hero it's a bit Noah Gregor adjacent if you will. My hero. Say Nieto, I dare. No. <laughs> My hero is the sort of pre-intermission post-game panel for uh, TNT, NHL and TNT, <laughs> because I'll tell you why. Non-state media. Oh, here we go. Non-state media talking about how great Noah Gregor is. Nice. It makes you think. Mm. Is he, uh, he's, he's on a one-year deal, right? Noah Gregor? Yeah. Correct. He is going to be a restricted free agent with arbitration rights at the end of the year. Now, and as I've said all along, I'm betting he gets traded. Go ahead. Well, to your point, it's like LeBanc, last time I checked, has at least one more year. Uh, next year will be the final year. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm kind of like, it's maybe LeBanc is being benched just kind of odd man out because right now, Gregor is kind of being showcased. I mean, I mean, we're already believe- starting. We're already seeing them. The uh, Greer make some moves. Yeah, and you know the trade deadline is five weeks out. You know this is kind of the, you know this is kind of the point in the year, especially once the calendar flips to February. This is going to be the point in the year where, you know, the 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 line in the sand is drawn. Right, the good teams know they're good. The bad teams know they're bad. At least for absolute certainty, and you can kind of think about who you might want to pick up and, and, you know, the, the haters are going to look at what Noah Gregor's done in San Jose and say, you know, it hasn't been good, which I would agree with. It's not, it, it, there's been good moments, but overall not been good. But I just, the skill set he has, right. The, the speed, the tenacity, the, 
you know, sort of offensive sort of abilities that I don't think have been able to flourish. I think there's a lot of teams, especially 950K and you could put to, and you could resign him as an RFA. I think there's a lot of teams who are up against it that are going to look at that and say, hey, you know what? Why the hell not? I mean, well, Tampa Bay comes to mind, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Toronto, like all these teams, you know, all the usual players. Well, right? I mean, dude, just about anybody. I mean, not everybody. Uh, Boston comes to mind, but just about every other team in the league, they can afford Gregor. Yeah, he's, again, a very <laughs> economical piece. I mean, even the teams, which, as we know, over half the league is an LTIR, even those teams can yeah. make it work pretty easily. Well, and the other thing is, remember how how well Sorensen did when he was playing with Thornton? Yeah. So it makes you, makes you wonder, is there a key to unlock Gregor on another team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the answer there is that he... Obviously, he skates well. He plays with tenacity. Like, he, you know, he needs somebody. He needs, like, a, I don't know that I want to throw the word elite out there, but he needs somebody who can get him the puck on a regular basis. I mean, the thing with Noah Gregor is his skill, or his, I'm sorry, his speed sort of gives him what would be the opposite of a handicap, maybe like an advantage, like ringer status a little bit, where, like, he can get open more than the average player because of his speed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I thought most of this week, mm-hmm. like the, especially the first two games, I really liked what he was doing. Yeah, same. Like he was finding some space. Was it the Columbus game? It seemed like he was involved in just about every goddamn goal. Right. And and you know what? Because of like he's a very he he's a very like a, a player. You know what you're going to get out of him, right? You know he's brings speed. You know he's got tenacity. You know he's he's adaptable, right? And with how cheap that contract is, like, there's just looking at the Eastern Conference. Obviously, there are mm, ten or eleven teams that could conceivably make the playoffs. I think you could make an argument for all of those teams as to why Gregor might help them. There you go. And so, let's get to the zero of the week. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, I kind of already talked about it, but dude, Quinn for sitting LeBanc. I mean, you've scratched him in four straight. You know uh, who uh, posted the same stats as LeBanc over four games? Lindblom, <laughs> zero points, dash two. Nieto, zero points, dash five. Like, oh you're going to tell me you couldn't have put uh, maybe scratch Nieto in place of LeBanc for a game? You just, know, just in you know, and you mask it with the whole thing. Well, we're gonna try something. You know, we're gonna adjust our lines to give us a competitive advantage. Blah 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 blah. Whatever <laughs> bullshit you want to spew, but sure. you know, it's like okay, let's sit. Lindblom, LeBanc sat sat out versus Jersey, and so Lindblom can sit out versus Dallas, and then Nieto can sit out versus Columbus or whatever. But mm-hmm. like you know. S- Throw the bench around a little bit. You don't have to like staple one guy to it when he has more points than the other guys. Well, and especially because, like you said, right? Like it's not as if scratching LeBanc is going to turn this team's fortunes around, right? Like, (laughs) you know, oh my God. (laughs) If they'd only started LeBanc, they would have made the playoffs. Like it doesn't matter who you put there. You know what I mean? And so to your point, I would just. I would try everything, you know, well, and, and, and how do you, how do you trade LeBanc if you won't play him? <laughs> and that's the other thing. It's like I said earlier, like if you want to trade him, you need to play him so that he's in game shape and other teams know what they're getting. And if you want him to be part of the future, Hey, he's still got to play. Like 
it helps nobody for him to be scratched. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's no winners. There's no winners here. Unless there's some kind of behind-the-scenes personal nonsense going on that we don't know about, and that's just speculation. But as far as I can tell, there's none of that, so it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, Jesse pointing out LeBanks fifth on the team in goals, so yeah, let's scratch him. Uh, yeah. be- because he made you know a mistake that everybody else on the team also probably made, but whatever. And um, well, dar- not only that, but isn't isn't the amount of mistakes you're allowed? Isn't that supposed to be at a commensurate level to your point salary? production? Oh, point production <laughs> or salary? Yeah. Like if like if you're like if you're if you're an eight million dollar player, that sort of implies that you bring a lot to the table. Yeah, longer and, leash. Right, and so you think longer leash. Hey, you know what? This guy's going to be. You know, it's going to be a net positive on what he brings to the team. Let's let him figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knight saying, I find it interesting that a lot of insiders thinks Car- think Carlson will be traded. Um, I don't know why you find that interesting. I think it's more interesting that they... <laughs> I think he will be traded. Eventually. I, <laughs> I'm not, I just, it could happen before the deadline this season. It could happen in two seasons. You know, <laughs> I just think it's more. I just think it's more interesting that they think it's going to happen before the off season. Yeah, that I don't. I just the someone would have to back up a king's ransom because the amount of money the shark the sharks are going to have to eat fifty percent for for like what twenty five teams. Yeah, I mean, unless I mean, un- unless you know. Unless what Gary Bettman said uh, earlier last month was just bullshit, like mm-hmm. the cap is allegedly not going up as high as teams thought, so that's going to make things even more difficult. Yeah, I'd be shocked to see him moved before the deadline. I'd be shocked to see him moved before the summer, I'll be honest with you, it, assuming he's moved at all, because I'm of the personality that he's not going to be moved. Yeah. And, and, you know, Ian kind of uh, making a, a point that I was about to, sort of, it's the other thing is all these quote-unquote unsiders, you know what their main job is? Clicks. So yeah. we're driven by sensationalist, uh, sensationalism and lazy media. So they just they just want clicks. I mean, well, how many stupid articles that you see? I, I've... <laughs> Somebody posted an article earlier today. I can't remember the website, but it's not like, a, as far as I know, not like a really big, well-known website that people are generally sharing. And the first paragraph was talking about, as reported by Curtis Pichelka in the Mercury, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, the fuck am I reading you for? I could just go read that article. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Right. And, you know, I I think what we've seen the last couple of years with the pandemic and like the flat cap and everything like that. And we talked about it last week. Teams are waiting until the last possible second to make these big trade deadline era moves because they need to accrue as much cap space as possible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so to the point of Ian, to the point of you, it's like, yeah, like you have teams that are basically waiting to the last minute that's great for TV ratings because our their trade will happen when we're on the air. You know, it's <laughs> like not to say that anybody is happy about the pandemic. Obviously, that's kind of an extreme thing to say, but this particular, you know, outcome from it 
you know, seeing trades later on in trade deadline season. I don't think the television personalities hate that. All right. We've gone on way too long. You think so? Yeah, give me your zero real quick. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I've decided that between now and the trade deadline, which is uh, about five weeks away, six weeks away. (laughs) Is your zero for the week going to be the deadline because it's not not here already? (laughs) It might have to be. Um, No, the... uh, my zero, my standing zero for now until the trade deadline is going to be the Sharks, the whole organization, for even entertaining the idea of trading Timo Meyer. <sighs> okay, we're, we're going to get to that in a sec. Go for it. Um, oh, real quick here. I, <laughs> so last week, if you remember last Sunday, we told you about the 2023 Legends game at TechCU happening on February 24th. I guess we let the cat out of the bag a little early since it wasn't officially announced until the next day. So, oops. Oh, darn. Sorry about that. Uh, but it's not. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that we got people excited before you wanted them to be excited. <laughs> right. But, bro, the, the tickets went on sale. Thir- 35 bucks for the schmoes. Sure. Uh, which I, I have no problem with. Like, 35 bucks. Fine. You're going to see some old guys, uh, you know, do, do a couple periods. And, uh, I'm sure they'll fun will be had by all, but mm-hmm. dude, five hundred dollars for a VIP meet and greet. I mean, I'm all for charity, but whew. now, what does this meet and greet or this VIP experience? What does this bring you? So, from what I understand, it puts you in one of the um, the boxes, sure, right? The the loge box, or the party box, or whatever you want to call them. puts them puts you in a box, um, and I guess includes some food and bev. For five bills? Th- that's what I'm saying. But And then I guess at some point, I'm assuming there's going to be, I don't know how they're going to set it up, how they'll line it up, but you're clearly going to have, quote unquote, some sort of meet and greet. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know where that's going to take place because Tech CU, not the biggest venue, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but let's be honest. If people are going to shell out 500, they, uh, they're going to want some things signed. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when you got guys coming in that you don't see often, like no Nolan, Chloe, Danny he- Healy, dude, Joel <laughs> Ward. Uh, and I'm like, wait a minute, doesn't Joel Ward like work for a team right now? Yeah, he's the <laughs> Henderson Silver Knights coach. Yeah, assistant so, coach. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, okay, he's gonna make the trek. Um, as far as I know, I don't know that Marlo is gonna be there. They, I don't know that they've announced that he would be there. I mean, they had Marlo announce the event. Uh, yeah, so you would think. But then, and of course the locals, I'm sure Setaguchi will be there, Hannon, Mark Smith, yeah, uh, that group. But I, you would think they're going to want some things signed. I'll be interested to see if it's like, oh, no, it's just a meet and greet where you just press hands and maybe take photos, but no autographs. I don't know. I, I, I want to dive into that. I'm not shelling out the 500 bucks for it. I just hope that the people who do feel like they got their money's worth. Yeah, we'll totally. See. I mean, we'll see. Op- option number two is is you just wait until the thirty fifth anniversary of the Sharks when the same, <laughs> same when group the same come out. same group of alumni are wheeled out for the same <laughs> tired ceremony. You could just wait for that. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's what go to right? dude. All right, we can't do that. Uh, a lot of talk about Meyer getting moved this week. We, I mean, we, but dude, you have been on it for like a month and a half. But here Ooh. we go again. 
Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting that the sh- and then of course three other, four other, five other people reporting that Friedman is reporting that the Sharks are allowing teams to talk to Myers' agent Claude Lemieux. What do you? What I mean, do you th- I mean, I go back to what you say. It's like, yeah, you can trade him now. Absolutely, you can. You can make that trade if the return is. Now, and let's be honest, dude, no matter what the Sharks getting back, there's going to be a hero out there that goes, oh my God, the Sharks got fleeced. Uh, I am one of those people. I think no, That's what I'm no, saying. Ma- no matter what they get back, they lose. No matter what. Because they're going to spend 10 years looking for the next team Omar. Dude, they traded Owen Nolan in 2003. And when I, I mentioned Owen Nolan, you think, Power forward, he hits, he score, go, scores goals, d- plays the right way. They traded Owen Nolan in 2003. Timo Meyer did not become a Sharks regular until 2017. But when, really? was, when was Ryan Kloh Shark? Okay, uh, now, yes, obviously I've had people mention to me Ryan Kloh, but I kind of think Ryan Kloh is a step beneath both of those guys. I mean, yes. Scoring-wise, Clo- I would say yes. Playing-wise, like... You know, grit, uh, you know, that type of thing. And I don't want to get into the whole, oh, grit, grit, grit. No, you, but you know what I mean. Like a, a tough son of a bitch to play against. Sure. And, 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 you know, and I liked Ryan Clo, genuinely speaking, generally speaking, gen- Jesus, generally speaking, I liked <laughs> Ryan Clo. But you know what? Like Ryan Clo had 20 goal season twice, right? Mm-hmm. Good player, but 20 goals twice. You know how many of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know how many of the eight, Seasons Owen Nolan was with the Sharks. He scored 20 or more goals. Eight? Six of them. Oh, okay. Felt like T- it. Timo Meyer, same thing. Timo Meyer has been on the Sharks for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons. He scored 20 or more goals six of those eight seasons. And one of those seasons, he wasn't even a full-time player, right? He was shuttling between here and the Barracuda. And so my point I'm bringing up, yes, Ryan Clough is a power forward. He scored goals. He hit not at the Owen Nolan, Timo Meyer level. Mm -hmm. And so you can trade Timo Meyer, and I'm sure you'll get a bucket full of stuff in return for him. But then you're going to turn around and say, ah, you know what? We're really committed to this rebuild and we really need a power forward that can score goals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and what do they say when it comes to uh, trades is uh, who who wins it? Well, whoever got the best player. A hundred percent. Because there's no, because you're essentially trading like, imagine AJ imagine if I gave you a $100 bill and in return you gave me a hundred one dollar lottery scratchers you're gonna think look at this idiot I just made a hundred bucks because what you know maybe on those lottery scratchers my hundred dollars worth of lottery scratchers maybe I win 25 bucks yeah I'm a loser because I gave you a hundred oh dude we're gonna we're gonna clip that (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean and 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 you look at mike greer's quote it was a couple weeks ago now when he did that whole you know harlequinade with the media right where it's like you know i think if you're building a team from day one you know you pick timo meyer as your first your number one pick and blah 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 that whole thing mm-hmm. and so i'm like okay it seems to me like the sharks are starting from zero so wouldn't that give you an inclination as to where things are going right you would think not only that, but you look at all the conversation, you know, whether TSN is your favorite Sportsnet, the athletic daily face off, what fourth period, whatever your preferred 
outlet for the the gossip is what's the conversation right mm-hmm. oh bo horvat jonathan taves patrick kane you know um what are the you know look at these teams that didn't expect to be here what are the kraken going to do what are the devils going to do right timo meyer is a footnote in all of these so, well, so, it, here's the funny thing is Sleepy making a, a comment kind of similar to what I've said earlier. Is that hearing the post-game interview, one may interpret Timo's interview or interpret that he's ready to move on. Didn't I say that 20 minutes ago? <laughs> like, well, but I also I also think that like you can be disappointed with the way things are, but still want to be somewhere. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. I mean, I, I think that embodies Eric Carlson. <laughs> right. And 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 you know to my my reason for saying that Timo Meyer is a footnote in all of these stories from all these people is don't you think if there was and and I'm just sort of spitballing here don't you think if there was a legitimate chance that Timo Meyer gets dealt don't you think he would be talked about a whole lot more like, he's gonna, a lot of lots being talked about him right now not as much as the other guys dude 32 thoughts yeah but not as much as the other guys yeah it's because it's he's a san jose shark on a really crappy team but i'm dude i'm still i'm hearing a lot it's like new york new jersey like you know no of course you definitely hear a lot but you know what even tomas hurdle was talked about more last year than timo meyer was this year true that true that oh sorry sorry sleepy (laughs) and you and you look at um you know if you're a listener of 32 thoughts they do uh two podcasts a week and pretty much since the season began, every podcast they've done has started with, what's the latest on Bo Horvat? Like, that tells me, okay, there's a lot of chatter out there. But again, Timo Meyer is a footnote, so how much are people really talking about it behind the scenes, you know? Yeah, but it, to be fair, I feel like Vancouver is uh, a bit more of a, well, first off, Vancouver, a uh, can- Canadian team. But, dude, just, you know, and... Hello, bigger market for hockey, but but we're we're gonna talk about Vancouver here in a couple minutes. Let me let you know. <laughs> oh, geez, the Arizona Coyotes debuted their new uh, jerseys tonight. Okay, cool, good for them. Um, I kind of like them. Uh, I do, but we're gonna talk about it in a minute. Uh, Sleepy saying there's another article from Shang though that Lemieux and Meyer may sign that extension with San Jose. Yeah, they might. I mean, that would be great. You know, go ahead, give them eight by eight, eight by eight and a half, whatever. And maybe maybe we f- have a sign and trade. I mean, it would definitely increase the value if trading is the end route game. taken, right? <laughs> What's the end game, Chief? Right, but even then, if they sign, like even if they sign Meyer to an eight times, let's just say eight times nine, just for fun, that might be one of the, like one of the first like team friendly deals the Sharks have had in a long time. <laughs> well, dude, let's get to the player cards. I mean, oh yes, dude. Timo Meyer salary right now six mil surplus value four point eight because he's rocking a ten point eight million market value right now. And then what's your line? Yeah, don't pay a ten million dollar player ten million dollars. <laughs> How dare you pay a guy what he's worth? I don't know. I just. You ever feel like no matter how many times you say something, people that no listen. one's gonna get it? Like. Yeah, I even as recently as this week, you're seeing people. What Timo Meyer, eight million? It's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, uh, what are his numbers commiserate to players? You know, his age, his stats, or whatever. What's uh, what, what's your uh, buddy Barzal getting? 
he's at um it, he's definitely over nine million, but not by much. It's like I'm gonna look right now. He's at nine, just under nine and a quarter. Okay then. And and he's you know if you're if you're keeping score at home, he's got forty one and forty seven right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, I don't know if you heard between <laughs> you again heard? Between, between you me and the fence post, Timo Meyer's got forty seven and forty eight. So. According to the stats, what the what the Excel spreadsheet guys will tell you <laughs> is that Timo Meyer is a better player than Matt Barzell right here, right now. Now things can change, obviously. Sure. But again, this I understand wanting a team friendly deal. I get it. I support it. You want all deals to be team friendly, right? But at the end of the day, if a nine million dollar player wants nine million dollars, you need to be okay with that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, now, conversely, let's let's look take a look at a couple others. Lindblom, <laughs> salary three million, market value league minimum, oh, surplus wow. dash three point two mil. That, my friend, right there, kind of says, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have LeBanc starting maybe instead of Lindblom. Maybe that's just <laughs> yeah. Many people are saying, but you really want to kick in the teeth, Mario Ferraro. 3.3 mil getting paid, market value, league minimum, surplus value, dash, 6.6 mil. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mario Ferraro not having a good season this year. hate to break it to you. It's, I mean, this guy needs to get back to a defense-first mentality and forget that whole, oh, I got to try to pick up the slack for Burns being gone. No, dude, Carlson's doing that. Don't worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Benning. Having a good season. I know people are dumping on him. Some and Lord knows I have from time to time. But statistically, he's getting 1.3 in salary, market value 3.8. So a surplus of 2.5. Is this a guy that maybe the Sharks look to try to get some value for? This was Matt Benning, you said? Yeah. I mean, 28 is role as a top four defenseman. And dude, his salary is 1.3. I mean, I could see. At twenty eight, dude. Yeah, I mean, I guess it. Because here's the thing, right? What is all? I mean, because Greer said, aside from hurdle, nothing's off the table. Sure, as it shouldn't be, really. But I don't even understand why hurdle isn't on the table. <laughs> well, I think just because he just signed and he's got the full. <sighs> I mean, he just signed and he has a full no move. Yeah, right? but did Greer sign that deal? No, it was. Uh, it was Joel. I just. <laughs> I don't know, like. I, I think I don't know. I have something in my brain telling me that like Matt Benning is is here to stay because he signed the four year deal, right? But I I certainly didn't predict this from him. I know you didn't, so it's like maybe Dude, you know, I think that's a worthwhile piece. Like maybe this is a found money kind of situation oh, where it's like dude, where it's so like, found hey, money and then what if, you know, Kinyajev and Kinijov are back? And, yeah, and Kinyajev and, oh, is already playing with the Kuda. Right. And, you know, Kanijov is, you know, he shed the non-contact jersey, right? You know, maybe, again, I know he asked for a trade, but maybe Ryan Merkley and the Sharks can smooth things out. That's an option. If Santori Hatika can get healthy, that's an option. Gannon LaRock, you know, when he turns pro next year, that's going to be an option. Right. Yeah, so, so it seems like Benning could be ripe at that. It, like, that might get you a decent, you know, I don't know. What? Something. Th- may, yeah, maybe a second. 
That yeah, might be a little I mean, might be a little too rich, and depending on if it's a team that's gonna have a low pick, then sure. I mean, I I think if again, like what he's doing right now, like is it, it, he's gonna ha- he's having a career season right now. Yeah, so and it's like so, take advantage, dude. Sell high. Right, and and so you know if you're a team and you think that if you think that this is a sign of things to come, maybe you look at you know three years at a million and a quarter a season, and you say, yeah, you know what, let's let's gamble, let's roll the dice here, and it's all about like it's all about do you have prospects right who can backfill if need be? The Sharks, I think, do, but even if they don't, you think about how. I don't want to say easy, but do you think about how often the types of players like Matt Benning come along? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those guys, they're available in bunches every year. And to to borrow a phrase from Jeff Merrick, low hanging fruit are still nutritious, right? Hey now. Just because it's easy doesn't mean it's not good. Hey now. But the the one that really gets you when it comes to surplus value, Capo well, and- Kakinen. Well, and I think really quick, just sticking on the defense, to your point about having that backfill, right? I think that's why a lot of teams have started asking about Jacob Megna as well. Jeez, first Middleton, then Megs. Oh, my. Hey, you know what? We're just going to keep losing Carlson whisperers. (laughs) I mean, you know, whatever you want to say about this this era of despair the Sharks have been in, if they can flip Megna for something usable— that's now going to be three players that they three un um I don't want to say undrafted but three players who were free agents that the Sharks plucked up cheap and then turned into something usable right Barkley Goodrow becoming Ozzy Weisblatt uh, Jake Middleton becoming Capo Kakinen and and Jacob Megna you know we'll see right yeah but I think we've clearly figured out the the key is that whoever plays with EK has to have the initials JM <laughs> I'm just saying uh but. Capo Kakinen did 2.8 salary league minimum market value surplus dash 7.8 million. I mean, this is the embodiment I would say of where everything kind of went South for the sharks this season is because they're scoring at a higher pace than they scored last season. Their defense is putting, I mean, we talked about this uh, at the halfway mark, but Last time I looked, the blue line is averaging 2.6 points a game. Last season, it was 1.8. At the forward position, last season, 5.13. This season, 5.87. So they're averaging over a goal a game more. It's just that they can't keep the goal or the puck out of their own net. And a lot of that is defensive miscues and then not getting like league-worst goaltending. So, I mean, is McAniemi going to be the big step up? Is, you know, and all the talk that we remember the delusions of grandeur we had at the beginning of the season, or I should say before that, like we were all jacked about Aiden Hill getting moved because then it was just like, yeah, man, because then it's uh, Kakinen because Kakinen actually looked pretty decent at the end of last season. And our hopes were, dude, this is going to be beautiful. Reimer will hopefully continue what he did. I mean, he had a career year last year, and you're like, oh, my God, he does that again. The Sharks move him. Then you slide in Dell or whoever is kicking ass for the Barracuda in net. You slide that in, and then boom, this is going to be beautiful. And Maybe Reimer gets you back a, th- a third. And now I'm like, dude, I, I understand you need some help, uh, especially if you're like, I don't know, say Calgary or Edmonton. But seriously, are you going to give up more than a fourth to get Reimer right now? Right, exactly. Especially because goalies don't 
have a whole lot of value anyway unless it's unless it's like the top of the top right yeah and if the and if it's the top of the top why are you getting rid of them you know exactly i you know i do <laughs> do you remember when aiden hill was traded and we Who? did that twitter spaces you remember that oh yeah 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 and do you remember when we were talking about it and i said the only way the sharks win this aiden hill trade is if he's too injured to ever play again <laughs> yep <laughs> he's doing pretty good for vegas this year yeah so. not too shabby then again though, that... martin jones kicking ass in seattle so we don't know i we've talked about that all the time <laughs> so much that's a red herring if i've ever seen one. Oh, dude it's a gaslight for sure you know i just I don't know. I to go back to what you're saying, right? I look at Aiden Hill, what he's doing with Vegas this year. He's yes, he's the backup, but he's healthy. He's putting up decent numbers. It's like I don't know. I'm 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 starting to think that maybe Aiden Hill was the guy the Sharks were looking for all along, you know? <sighs> yeah. Oh man. So oh we did get a question on Reddit earlier today that said and and I'm trying to decode it, <laughs> but it said, What are the chances the front office will be dumb and if we get a top 10 pick in the draft will trade down for more picks like we did last draft. I mean, I think I, um, it depends on where the pick is. Well, I think it depends. It depends on what player is available, right? You think dude, go 40 chess and just like trade all your picks. Uh, I don't know. For those of you who are football fans, I want to say back in the mid 2000 and if puck guys on, he'll, he'll jog it. He'll know what it, I'm talking about. But, uh, Oh God! Who's the guy who coached the um, the Bears in the mid in the mid eighties with the big walrus mustache? I forget, but he ended up taking over for the New Orleans Saints and basically gave up all of his picks so he could like draft this running back and then R Ricky something and then he turned around and just like took his cigar and went home because he thought that was just going to be the pick of picks and didn't quite work out that way. Wouldn't it be funny though if you because we mentioned this a few weeks ago? Like, what if Montreal because they have Florida's pick? It's like, what if they trade? Like, okay, we'll give you both of our first this season and a second. Thank you, Ditka, Mike Ditka. What if we give you both of our first and our second this season to move up to with, with whoever has ends up with the number one pick? Well, I think it's like Ian said to us a couple weeks ago, like. I'm like, I wouldn't trade up to draft Bedard just because with how this draft, the 2023 draft with how good it is, even if, and we've talked about it, even if the sharks end up at three overall, they're getting a really good player. And I feel like last year, sort of the trade down scenario, I think made more sense just because of, you know, the jump, right. Say from 12 to 28. Right. Whereas this year, you know, it, it what the experts are saying is, that the draft is much more dynamic this year. And, and you know, last year it was hard to say who's going where because it's a lot of the same player versus this year, it's hard to say who's going where because there's so many good options, you know? So even if the, the Sharks get jobbed in the ping pong balls and end up with like the eighth pick, you think they'll stay there? Or do you think they have to finish top five for them to stick? But if they fall to like eight, they might be inclined to drop, you know, trade it to drop down for more. The only scenario I see the sharks trade their pick. And I think it's an unlikely scenario is if a player that they <laughs> like is not available when they're picking. Yeah. Right? Oh, of course. But I thought, and, I, dude, I totally thought you're going to be like, the only way I see them trading that pick is to get another Timo Meyer <laughs> <laughs> to get, to get a replacement for Timo. Right. I, and you <sighs> know, I'm just, 
you know, I don't I don't see the Sharks trading down. I don't see them trading up either. I think okay. they're going to pick wherever they end up, and I think they'll be happy. There you go. Um, so finally, uh, Brody, who Brody who? did a, did a take uh, a video about tanking and saying, you know, I I don't believe that coaches and players, you know, purposely tank and blah blah blah, and just <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I'm gonna like yeah. Hey, well, go out there and lose. No, I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm fine. <laughs> it's like no, dude. Coaches and players, they want to win. Now the thing is, have you ever seen the movie Major League? Like a GM. <laughs> I gotta talk to a guy about some white walls. <laughs> Dude, I mean, the GM can construct a team to be bad. Like, that's the guy, you know. Do you want the guy painting your house to have quality paint and proper tape and brushes? Or are you just going to hand somebody a pen and a crayon and go have at it? Like, you can construct a team to suck. They're not going to purpose, you know. The, the, dude, how, how many coaches <laughs> that suck get jobs after that? Well, in the NHL, it does happen a little frequently. But you get my point. Like... <laughs> Well, that's why you look at, dude, pull up, go on the internet, do a little bit of research, look up the 2013-2014 Buffalo Sabres. Dude, any goalie, that, any goalie <laughs> that started making saves regularly got traded. Ryan Miller, Yaroslav Halak, Michael Neuvert. Like, if you were a goalie on Buffalo in 2014, you started making too many saves, you were gone. So, And it goes to what you're saying is yeah. like, oh... We know you hate to lose. Well, that's not really what we're looking for here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the end game, Chief. Uh, but to to be fair, to to you know, kind of segue from that that talk is uh, don't look now. Chicago has gone six and one on a three game heater. No longer in the basement, to the chagrin of Hawks fans, of course. So. You know, the, there's still a lot of season left, people. A lot of season left. Chicago, uh, maybe they have a little fun. Maybe Arizona has a little fun. Uh, maybe Columbus well, figures it out. Not only that, but worst in the league doesn't guarantee the first overall pick. Yeah, it's just sure, but it ups your odds. It does up your odds, but it's not like, you know, if it, it's not um, guaranteed, right? So if the Sharks finish 29th, hey, okay, you yeah. Know. And as Cole says, sharks suck. You guys suck. Everything sucks. Yeah, this is quite op. op er, <laughs> this is quite the opposite of everything is awesome. No, it's really not. <sighs> Man, all right, let's uh, let's move the hell on. What do you think about Vancouver firing Boudreau, hiring Tockett? I think they went about it in a really shitty way. Thank you. I mean, they pretty they. I mean. They more or less said, hey, you know, we're going to fire you, but we can't do it yet. So can you just coach these two games? <laughs> like, Dude. dick move. Especially what? because, by all accounts, Bruce Boudreaux is one of the nicest guys in the league. Dude, I've never seen a team be where they're at in the standings and the fans be all about their coach. You know, where, where's Vancouver the last time I looked? They were like, what, fifth, sixth? Like it, it has not been a good season for Vancouver, but no. you most you know fan bases would be like, oh, get rid of this guy. Well, hey, assholes, we did this last year. Yeah, they literally fired Travis Green like a little over a year ago, and Canucks management they loved Bruce Boudreau. It was great, and he got them on a heater. And you know, this is a situation where the coach has to 
fall on the grenade because the GM paid, made poor choices. <sighs> Dude. It just gets, you know, I mean, to go back to what you were saying a minute ago, too, it's surpri- I'm surprised that Chicago hasn't moved somebody out after winning, six, you know, going six and one. Like, I'm sorry. all right, somebody get Kane the hell out of here. Stop scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it here's the thing. Is it Bruce Boudreaux's fault that Brock Besser only has nine goals this year? Is it mm-hmm. is it Bruce Boudreaux's fault that, you know, despite the fact that he's putting up a good offensive season, JT Miller can't stop crying? All the time. Well, and no. he's been like among the trade talk all up and down the season. I love JT Miller, but he's been a big baby this whole season. Would you say he's been a Bennington type? Little bit. I mean, he's <laughs> beaking his teammates. You know, he's doing all the stuff, and I don't know. I think too. I mean, I know, I know you feel very strongly about Pavelski leaving the Sharks when it happened, but you look at the same kind of thing. I mean all this conversation, oh, we're going to trade JT Miller, JT Miller's going to be gone. Then they sign him to that big extension, and and he's worth the money. I don't want people to think that he's not worth the money. But you sign JT Miller to this big extension, and then your leader, your captain, the heart and soul of your team, Bo Horvat, is like, well, what the hell? Yeah, you know? yeah it's like, like, shut up, put your head down, do your job. Bo Horvat is going to get traded, and he's not going to look back. And it's Canucks management's fault. It's not Bruce Boudreaux's fault. Right. Uh, but it's funny, you know, goes similar to, uh, to, to Pavs, like you were saying. You, the t- basically, a team's going to lose their captain. And right. From... And, and they're never going to get over it, I don't think. <laughs> Why does that sound familiar? Uh, anyway, uh, there's, of course, there's always some Sharks hero that anytime a team loses somebody, they go, let's get that guy. It's what are the top three things that are wrong with the sharks? Would you say? Um, I would say the blue line. I would say scoring, and I would say goaltending. So basically, all three things of like being a winning hockey team. Got it. Sounds good. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. So I and, just love. And so I love that though, right? Like, oh, this guy sucks. We need to trade him. Well, to who? <laughs> But my my point being, it's like there are huge deficiencies within the Sharks, and some people think that oh, Boudreaux is the answer. Uh, doesn't matter who the coach is, dude. You could be behind the bench. That's not going to make players better. That's thank you. You know. So anyway, now that dude, said, we're talking about a team with AC Mont on the top line. <laughs> that said, I I think the Sharks have a lot of really good pieces in place. But they're not a coach away. Thank you. So that's, yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, come on. Stop falling in love. Dude, Quinn hasn't even, all right, I don't, I don't want to get into this. Uh, hey, let's get into something that I also don't want to get into. The media falling into an ocean of clickbait opportunities, which we talked about earlier with sensationalism and all this stuff, because Ivan Provorov sat out warm-ups because he didn't want to wear the ribbon. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Seinfeld. Didn't want to wear a pride jersey. Cited his religious beliefs as the reason. I mean, dude, do you. But it, it it's a little irritating to see people hide behind religion. But uh, I'm a little surprised the Flyers didn't catch more heat. Like, they could have said, you know, oh, you, you know, this is how you feel and, and it's your choice and you respect everybody and everybody's choice. Okay, that's great. Do you. Uh, and our choice is to uh, stay true to what we preach. When it, that hockey is for everybody, so you're going to sit tonight. And right. I think that would have been it. I honestly think it's it's 
Because it seemed like everybody that complained about it, whether it was EJ Raddick or whoever, uh, Wyszynski or whatever, it seemed to be the big thing was it wasn't so much about Provorov not wearing it. It was the fact that the Flyers still played him. Yeah, because it's it's you're not – I don't know. I, I understand – like I understand the idea of like like there's the league has rules and there's a players union and I understand you know the players te- technically speaking don't have to do anything they don't want to do I understand that but at the same time weak as hell honestly to pull the religion as a defense and and here's the thing I'm not a religious person Neither but am if I. you but if you are that's awesome because you have something that you believe in you have something that makes you feel a certain way that's good for you. I again <laughs> keep it in I, church. I don't have religion in my life. I have a lot of opinions on why religion is not really a good thing for our society. Mm-hmm. But that but you know what? Again, if religion is important to you, good for you. Go to church, be a good person, do whatever it is you got to do and I'm happy for you. But to say I respect people's beliefs, but or I respect everybody and I respect everybody what they're all about, but I'm not going to show my support for a marginalized group, then you don't support everybody and what they're all about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and, mean it's a it's a walking hypocrisy. Right. I, and, I'm and, sorry, uh, a walking contradiction. You know, and and I think like if you know if somebody again, I, I have a lot of negative opinions about religion, but if somebody come to me and said, "Hey, man, you know, I'm really hurting. You know, my church burned down. It's really affecting me. I'm really sorry to hear that. That's awful." certain individuals within that sphere are not going to feel the same way about the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And so how can you say that you respect everybody's, you know, whatever you want to call it, everybody's lifestyle, everything that they're all about, but then not support just one group. You know well, what I mean? mean like it, we, we can get into that whole deep discussion later. I don't want to, you know, turn this into a, you know, he was right. They were wrong, blah, blah, blah. It, that, that, wasn't my point. My point about it was, I think, you know, the media blew the shit out of it. Not so much about what Provorov chose to do, but the fact that Philly chose to still start him. That seemed to be what everybody lost their minds over. But look, hey, the silver lining is 24-hour news cycle clickbait people. Oh, my Lord. You know, that love sensationalism and virtual signaling. Holy crap, did they get a heaping helping of content this week. So take that to what it is. I don't know. I just, I don't know. <clears throat> I just think if you if you don't support the idea that everybody can live their life however they feel they need to or they want to or they should, then I think you have a lot of fundamental issues as a person. And And again, like me and religion, we're not involved together. But if you want to go to church on. and do the thing, but hold on, good for you. Y- yeah, but you just said, what, "What? Hold on, what did you say? Something about you know, be able to live the life, the you know, live your life the way you want to." Yes, but this live, is this is Provorov living his life the way he wants to. You know what yes, I mean? Like it, you can spin yes, that circle a, all day. Okay, but it's at the expense of another group of people. You know what I mean? I'm not going. I'm not using this podcast to trash religious people. I'm just saying it's not for me. But do whatever you want. Hmm. Okay. But again, th- this is what I was worried about is that it, t- you know, it, we end up down a, uh, down a rabbit hole. Oh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's just a fact, you know, you can, you can, 
I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm not into organized religion, but if you believe in it, I'm happy you have something. Okay. Well, either way, the NHL, in response to ESPN, they said players are free to decide which initiatives to support. So there you go. We know which ones Provorov does not support. Let's the move first, on to some more fun. The First Amendment allows you to have a stupid opinion, but it also allows me to think it's stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's have some fun, because that sucked. The NHL finally released the All-Star jerseys that we all saw like weeks ago. Uh, dude, I like them. Me too. I think they're really awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think their choice look looks slick. Really goes in with everything that is, I guess, kind of makes up the South Florida. I think they kind of hit it out of the park this year because I think we were all kind of bummed the last few years with the All Star jerseys. They kind of sucked, and this one, they nailed it. The only thing that I have to kind of complain about because I love the fact that they did the whole reverse retro thing, but the thing that that pisses me off is the fact that the vast majority of all the images that they use, they're all showing off the made in Canada pro stock jerseys. We can't buy like show off the ones that we can actually buy. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little, uh, little bait little and switch. Tan- yeah. A little too tantalizing there. Yeah. A little bait and switch for me. It kind of pisses me off. I mean, they, they look fantastic, but uh quick rant. Shouldn't these be released at the same time as when they release the names and the other information for the event? Like, I don't understand why you wait two weeks beforehand to drop them and make them available for purchase because we already know NHL shop fanatics, they suck at getting off orders in time. You know, people are actually posting screenshots of Jersey that they, when these jerseys came out, they ordered them that day and they're posting screenshots and say, thanks for your order. It will arrive March 6th, a month after the goddamn game is played. Are you kidding? I think it's funny that you said <clears throat> that Fanatics has a hard time getting orders off on time because I think history has shown us that they have a hard time getting off orders. orders period. Yes. Like how many how many times have you heard people, you know, and and it was especially prevalent when the All Star Game was in San Jose, where <laughs> you go and you think, man, I really want this piece of gear. I'm gonna go buy it. Wow, I'm excited. I have something to remember it by. And then you get an email from Fanatics like eight weeks later, and it's like, oh, sorry, we ran out, so we canceled your order. By the way, shipping's non-refundable. Yeah. Like, are you? <laughs> Here's um... an expired coupon code. Read our terms <laughs> of service. It's so true. I don't understand how this goddamn company continues to function. I I don't understand how all the leagues haven't just gotten collectively together and said, these slap dicks are ruining our brand. We are leaving so much money on the table merchandise-wise because these idiots can't do their job that we pay them for. But whatever, let's open up a sports book at a uh, football stadium that's going to be gone in like five years. Sound like a plan? But anyway, <laughs> uh, let's move on to the roster. What? Do you, any snipes here? Any uh, Anybody should have been in that isn't? Or are you very much still of the Tortorella like me? Like, who gives a shit? Uh, I think it's both. Right, because a couple people should have been in, but who really? Who gives a fuck? Well, because uh, again, the NHL they claim to want people to be interested in their sport and be excited, right? So they say, but you know, they they continue to go 
for the the sexy pick, the marketable pick, the pick that people have heard of, right? Um, over players that may be more deserving. And I know roster size is an issue, um, is a factor in this. Every team having to send a representative is a factor. So the hometown, stupid. the hometown bump is a factor, right? <sighs> but like you just look at, there's a couple that comes to mind. Like you look at the Atlantic Division team. William Nylander is on is not on that team, right? What if I told you that William Nylander led the Maple Leafs in scoring? right now and yet you know what I mean? Matthews are there. yeah and then yeah, what if i what if i told you that what if what if i told you that you know and i even tweeted this out i said isn't it weird that the fan voted in players belong there more than some of the nhl picks you so right you know what i mean like there's and, and you know i don't have any good examples off the top of my head but you give me a couple minutes i bet i could build an all-star team of guys who should be there but aren't Oh, dude, I think it would take you about all of five minutes to pull that off. And it, yeah. and it is funny that you mentioned the, the whole hometown bump and still they only got Kachuk in there. Right. Which is, I, again, like that's I, you know, I personally, I, I think, you know, I think the hometown bump element of it, I think, is really stupid. But as as we've talked about it, you know, you you may not like the game, but you have to play it. Right. Sure. And. You know, Alexander Barkov could have been Brandon, you know, gone Brandon Montour, you know, like <laughs> it's just I don't know. I think the hometown bump is stupid, but there's definitely players on Florida worthy of going that didn't. Do you think uh, anybody bags out? Do you think of like Ovi or Crosby or somebody who's just kind of like, eh, I'm good. I'm going to stay home. I'll, I'll sit. I'll take the uh, the one game suspension and have a good extra long bye week. Yeah, I mean, considering it's only a one-game suspension, like, you know, I could see I could see guys who've been there a million times do it. Yeah. I mean, even like, and even some players, you know, even some players who have been a bunch and do go, like, show their disdain for it. You know, I remember last year Ovechkin got sick, non-COVID related, but got sick and couldn't go. And so Claude Giroux replaced him, and and after he won the MVP, the the interviewer, I believe it was, I, I believe it was Emily Kaplan, she asked him like, oh hey, like you know you replaced Ovechkin, blah blah blah, he's homesick. Is there anything you want to say? And he's like, not really. Yeah, I'm good. Keep like, it. Just not interested. You know, it's again they 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 tried to incentivize it with the million dollar payout to the winning team, which is fine. I think that's a step in the right direction. But at the end of the day, like. I just don't think for fan, for, I'm sorry, for players, I don't think the incentive is there to potentially get hurt in a meaningless game while your teammates are on vacation. Right. And for fans, if you're not a sponsor or a kid, what do you care? <laughs> you know, like, dude, honestly, if I'm Eric Carlson, it's like, do I want to, when is this horseshit? <laughs> it's like, I mean, seriously, you're going, let me, let me jog the schedule here, but you're on a road trip, right? And you're going to play, uh, let me see at Boston. So they're at Detroit. So they're on the road. Then it's at Carolina at Pittsburgh. And then dude, are you really going to like fly home with the team just to fly back to San Jose and then like two days later, fly back out to Florida 
and then come back and then two days later fly back out to Florida because that's where the homes or that's where the road trip continues. Like Jesus, like if well, I'm Carlson, I, I'm like, eh, keep it. I'm fine. Well, and you know what? So after, you know, after that game against Pittsburgh, um, you know, the sharks have their bye week. So honestly, Eric Carlson might go from, from Pittsburgh to, you know, Oh, Cancun. Yeah, and just like hang with the fam and then just like yeah. chill. And and again, we we make fun of the NHL quite a bit, but I honestly think one of the smartest things they did was putting every team's bye week either before or after the All-Star game. Yeah. So no, you kind of get that extended break. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think yeah, you know, you go from Pittsburgh, I mean, maybe you have to go to San Jose to pack another bag, but even then, you know, go to Cabo, it's like a 3-hour flight and then from Cabo Go to Florida for the All-Star game, and then guess what? You can just stay there. Dig the, it. The team will meet you there. <laughs> right? My ties all around. Easy. S- speaking of jerseys, Canucks, brother. Alternates finally dropped. How long have we been waiting for the fire skate? Far too long. Now, that being said, does this not look a little too much like Blasty? Spoogey? <laughs> I mean, bro, th- this, and, and unfortunately, I don't have it here, but the Calgary jersey, whew, I, I don't know. I want to see both teams play in those jerseys. <laughs> Good you want You want an interesting, you want something to chew on here? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the original skate jersey from the mid-90s, yeah, and then you look at this one that's now the new third jersey, yeah. Bringing back the skate jersey, bringing back the color scheme. It's awesome. It's great. Love it. But notice how this iteration of the skate jersey uses their current name and number kit as opposed to the traditional skate jersey name and number kit. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me wonder, just kind of chewing the fat here a little bit, I wonder if bringing back the skate jersey but with the current name and number kit, I wonder if that's some kind of tip that, that this is going to be the next this is this is the primary set next season yeah like maybe that's going to be their home jersey and I got then they'll no have a, with that. they'll have a white version for the away jersey and then maybe and then maybe their current home will flip to be the third jersey sure i mean that seems to be the play right and you've seen a lot of teams do that where the third jersey will become the home jersey the home jersey becomes the third jersey like, did, yeah didn't carolina just do that Carolina did it. Vegas did it. Calgary did it. Uh, there's one more team that did Arizona? it. Arizona yeah. did it. Oh, a lot spe- of teams hey, started doing that. Speaking of Arizona, they got new alternates too. Now, when I first saw this, I was just kind of like, "All right, I kind of, I kind of like it." It's uh, there's the striping on it. I believe is actually sublimated, so you know it's printed on the fabric, so it doesn't add any extra weight. Mm-hmm. Um. It's 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 not horrible. It's it's a little on the bland side, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, what the hell does this remind me of? And I'm like, oh yeah, I I wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? I mean, <laughs> dude, just if you look at the that line that comes out of the P of do, of the Dr Pepper logo, and then you look at the line that comes out of the A, <laughs> it's just kind of like, God damn it, it, it was just kind of like yeah let's just flip that and we'll be done and call it a day and have a happy hour well and it's funny because i'm not a fan of dr pepper i actually think it's a gross soda but this uniform i don't hate it it it, it speaks to me in a weird way you know i don't hate it but if i'm let's be honest if i'm arizona my primary 
is Kachina, you know, black and white. Which and, it is. Yeah. And my third is is the purple. You know, yeah. the, the reverse retro. That's, I mean, good God, that is such a good looking jersey. I don't understand how you go to this. Like, in, in Arizona, dude, how many jerseys do you have now? <laughs> you think about it. It's like, good God, man. I mean, settle, they like settle on something. They like most teams have four this year just because of reverse retro 2.0. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, so finally, let's uh, get through this. Uh, if you're still looking to get your Evander Kane jersey signed, uh, the Oilers forward will be in San Jose next week to deal with multiple trials regarding his bankruptcy, as reported by The Athletic. Um, and it's good to know that the NHL has taken a hard line on gambling, doing everything it can to ensure that regular folks won't be sucked in to addictive gambling spirals like Kane. That being said, I hope you enjoyed all the Draft King commercials during the hockey games that you've watched so far. Vox Media has evidently laid off everybody <laughs> involved with the various SB Nation hockey sites, and obviously that sucks for up-and-coming writers that have used the platform as a stepping stone. Um, it does kind of seem predictable, though. I mean, it feels like we have reached critical mass when it comes to content, does it not? I mean... Dude, like like I was saying earlier, somebody posted a link to some website that quoted, you know, as reported by this person. It's like, well, why don't I just read that person? Like, that's where we're at right now. So, I don't know. If you're the NHL right now, are you kind of worried that a media company just decided to pack it in because your sport wasn't worth covering? I mean, it definitely doesn't help because, you know, the NHL will be the first to tell you that... They'll take as many people as they can get talking about the sport. This is what I'm saying. So, I, I mean, w the only reason why you do this is lack of profitability, right? I mean, if, if something's making money, <laughs> why do you kill the golden you know, the goose that's laying the golden egg, you know? Yeah, I don't know. So, it, again, I, I don't know. I just feel like we've reached critical mass. When we started doing all this whole podcast dog and pony show there was literally one other sharks podcast that was it and now there's like i don't know eight ten twelve whatever and when we started this there was no athletic you know there was no san jose hockey now there was the mercury and the chronicle that was pretty much it and the chronicle did next to nothing it was what um oh god what's that guy that was mark purdy uh david pollock that was, that was essentially it. That was where you Ross? got... Ross? I'm sorry? Ross? Ross McCune, yeah. He would do stuff for, for the Chronicle. But it it again, him and like Ann Killian, a lot of the San Francisco writers, they wouldn't do it on the regular. You know, you might get something solid from them once a week, whereas, you know, Pollock and Purdy, it was, it, it, they were the Curtis Pashelka of today. I, I, I really like that the sort of whatever you want to call it, the fan origin media outlet, if you will. Mm -hmm. I like that that has sort of come onto equal footing, like with your traditional, you know, newspaper journalists. Like, I think it makes for an interesting sort of spin on covering the team. You know what I mean? This is just you being happy to get credentials to the all-star game. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it, obviously, but it's kind of cool because it's like, it, it's sort of like, I don't know. I just think perspective is really is a really good thing. And when you have like so many different perspectives all covering the same subject, it, it's kind of interesting. Well, and this goes back to something we mentioned last week about Adam Dater or Adrian Dater calling out certain 
whether it was teams or whatever, that, you know, may, maybe you don't get certain access or the same access or, you know, more access than somebody else if you're actually honest rather than towing the company line. And I think the fan-driven kind of platforms or whatever, there are some that, rightly or wrongly, they don't want to poison the well or burn any bridges, so maybe they kind of act as state media a little bit because they're the small fish or the low sure. men on the totem pole, you know? Um, but you also perhaps get a little bit more honesty or a, you know, a more honest take as to where a team is. So I don't know either way. Uh, hopefully everybody that's a uh, part of that does, does well. A couple people in the chat saying, uh, Jesse saying, SB Nation not known for paying its writers much. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. But Shang, as far as I know, came from that group. Uh, Marcus White came out of there. There's, you know, there's some some good names that use that as a stepping stone. So at least there was that. Uh, <laughs> oh, and <laughs> PJ saying the editor for the Chronicle when the Sharks started hated hockey. That wasn't Tim Kawakami, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Hey, let's uh, let's have a little fun here and talk about another team. Ooh, so, the um, the Cuda, that team, they played one game this week. So there you go. Thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, no, no, uh, San Jose Sharks GM Mike Greer announced on Wednesday the team acquired Kyle Criscolo from the, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but I'm trying, uh, from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for forward Lord and master Jasper Weatherby. Jasper had three goals, three assists in 39 games this season. Criscolo, again, probably a mispronunciation, currently 10 points, five goals, five assists, 17 penalty minutes in 27 games with Grand Rapids. Uh, he made a name for himself real quick by scoring the first goal <laughs> against San Diego on Friday night. Was that Friday night? No, it might have been Saturday night. I can't remember. It's been a hell of a week. Uh, the Sharks also traded forward uh, Pat McGrath to Grand Rapids for future considerations. He played five games, blah, blah, blah. Zero points, 42 penalty minutes. Either way, the point is... The Barracuda, a 6-0 shellacking of San Diego. Like I said, Chris Guolo got the opening goal. Beauty of a backhander. Banged in another. Agazino took back his point lead for a brief time. Uh, Kinajev got his first at Tech CU. Cease and... Uh, oh, God. What's his name? Because <laughs> it's misspelled here. Vera, 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 Vera. Ver Verano? There you go. Verano, both with two helpers. Fourth career shutout from McIniemi, but... The talk of the town. Oh, Friday night. All right. The talk of the town. This Bordelow tip. Oh, my Lanta. Are you kidding me with the dude? That's that even Pavelski's gonna go, how'd you do that? I mean, you you look at this shot that comes in from the point and just slap. I mean, he's almost he's damn near got a foot on on the uh, the goal line. It tips it right upstairs. I mean, could you imagine? Is this, I mean, is that one of the best tips you've ever seen? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it kind of just adds 
you know, it adds more sort of smoke to the, uh, the bring portal up fire. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the why isn't I, he here yet? I know he'll be up eventually. And I know the reasons why he's not up currently, but it's just, you see that and it's like, man, I would love to see what this guy could do with an unlimited sandbox. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So the CUDA will start a three game roadie with a pair versus Henderson and one versus Bakersfield. Um, but <clears throat> the Barracuda though, they don't like it when you have fun in the Cove on $3 beer night, evidently. <laughs> so we have this, uh, Amelia voice of the CUDA says, this is what happens when beers are $3 at the Barracuda game. And you see, uh, actually a friend of mine who you can see is wearing a beautiful San Francisco 49ers custom Jersey. Thank you. Stacking up all the Coors cans into a huge pyramid behind the goal at the Barracuda game. And evidently Cuda players said something afterwards saying, we don't care for that. So fans are not allowed to do that anymore. So we're not allowed to have fun. It just doesn't make sense to me because like how I don't understand how that affects anything, you know, mm. maybe I, the one thing I could say is maybe if the lights hit the silver cans, maybe it kind of distracts you, you know, maybe but, that I could understand. Yeah. But either way, it's just kind of like, ah, uh, yes, I remember a time that I also hated fun. <laughs> Where the hell is Merkley anyway? I mean, ever since they mentioned like him wanting to be traded, wouldn't it be good to like, I don't know, keep him in playing shape or is this like, Oh, we don't want him to get hurt. I mean, I don't know. It makes me wonder that because he's been just sort of missing an action. It makes me wonder if makes me wonder if maybe there's a deeper sort of off ice reason for the trade request. Dude, Again, me... it's not based on anything. I'm just spitting. I'm just, I'm hoping this doesn't turn into another like gold Dobin situation. You know, trade him for a crappy player and then nothing becomes of it and the guy just takes off. At least in the case of Goldobin, he left North America, so it's not like he's hurting the Sharks. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What? (laughs) He hasn't been in North America in four years. It's fine. All right. Well, they're still seventh in division, so just barely hanging on. Do you think uh, McCarthy's the right guy for the job going forward? Because this team just... They just constantly get into penalty issues. They're always just, I don't know. I think because he's a first-time coach, I think maybe like a veteran assistant would do him good. Solid point. So, boy, that would be nice. Because, I mean, this team is kind of in transition. So, yes, they, they do have a lot of good players on paper, but I still kind of feel like you have to let everything sort of stabilize a little bit, you know? Yeah. God. Well... I mean, and he was there for, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I know the problem. is because he was assisting Sommer for so long. He's got to shake that off. Is that it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Sharks oh. are, <laughs> Sharks are going to play three this week at Detroit, at Carolina, at Pittsburgh before getting their bye week prior to the All-Star game. So uh, we thank you very much for enjoying the last takeover. Thank God that we have this Woo! season. <laughs> We're going to be on next Sunday at 7 p.m. And there, that same time, every Sunday for the rest of the season. Although we might take, I'm sorry, I might take the All-Star Sunday off. Jerk evidently is already like, he has plans to go hang out with Carlson in Cancun at that hey, point. Hey, I'm just saying, you know what? Uh, if you get 
a chance for time off, you got to take it. Use that PTO. <laughs> <laughs> and hold on, LM saying, those are my buddies. I'm assuming he's referring to Kat and Jimmy, who are the ones behind uh, or partially behind throwing up all the cans. No, those are my buddies. I'm just saying. <laughs> Remember to check out our post-game cast following every game this week. We got uh, Puck Guy, Ian, Landy. I believe Dana is going to be making an appearance this week. Coming back. Coming back. So on Twitter, you can follow him at Hockey underscore Jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore Strong. You don't have to. It's no biggie. But hey, subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're here. Leave your take in the comment section of the video. And you can find links to all our social media podcast apps and more included in the show notes. Find everything at tealtownusa.com. And if you want to join the discard where the, the party never ends, hit up Hockey Jerk on the Twitter machine or via the jerk email, hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. So, uh, and let me let you know, the party got a little interesting on Discord a couple days ago. <laughs> oh, let me let you know. So, Jerkman, any final thoughts before we uh, end this one, aside from... Uh, Let's beat the crap out of the Philadelphia Eagles next week. I was going to say, my final thoughts are go Niners. <laughs> I'm right there with you, dude. I do, At this point, I'm kind of like, how fun would it be to watch Brock Purdy never lose a game again? Like, well, you know, like pff, Tom who? You know, Brady what? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. So, yeah, go 49ers. And uh, thankfully... Football will all be over, if if memory serves, it will all be over by 7 o'clock next week. Apologies that we were on a little late tonight, but there was a bit of a nail biter, and uh, we had to wait and see how it shook out. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I've been, it's funny, I've been having the conversation, because, you, you know, my, my fiance does not hate sports, but sports is definitely a me thing, for mm, sure. Sure. So, like, so she, so... She was like, oh, did the 49ers win? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, how many, you know, what's the maximum amount of games they have remaining? And I said, two. And she was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I think what this tells you, friends, is, uh, you know, if you're going to marry someone, marry someone who wants to hang out with you. Yeah, who understands? Avoca <laughs> avocado flight in the chat. Is there a link? Yes. And Hockey Jerk has it. HockeyJerk10 at gmail.com. No, no, no. Just DM me on Twitter. Well, that it's person, they, they might not be on Twitter. That's why I said the, the Sign email. up for Twitter. <laughs> That's how much you need to be in the Discord. <laughs> uh, finally, Hot Wheels coming in with a comment on the Twitter machine, speaking of which. So the last time the NHL All-Star game was entertaining was when the fans forced John Scott in, and it was fun forcing Bettman to give him the MVP. But, of course, they had to make sure it never happened again, and it hasn't had as much interest since. Completely agree. In fact, I think we mentioned that last week or the week before. Like, that was a feel-good story. For Christ's sake, I think they're making a movie about it. Uh, I, John Scott wrote a book about it, I know, because I just read it a couple weeks ago. There you go. So, I mean, yeah. Again, Bettman, that was... Jerry! But, I mean, you talk about... grow All the talk about growing the game. Uh, getting fans interested. How do you keep fans interested or whatever, or sell merch when you, you put it, keep it fun. But how do you sell merch two weeks before an event? Instead of like this shit, this shit should have been on sale since Thanksgiving. Like you're literally putting all this merch on sale 
over a month after Christmas? How is this stuff not on sale at Thanksgiving? Well, yeah, I mean, you again, we know the NHL is a business, right? And last I checked, businesses like making money. So to your point, why not sell these things at a time in the year when people feel compelled to spend money on their loved ones? Mm-hmm. Like, makes you think. Yeah. Where, where's the, the all-star hats, the all-star jerseys, the all-star shirts, all that stuff? All of that should be available Black Friday, as far as and I'm I, concerned, if you want to make money. And I will say, you know, if it, to to be devil's advocate, I will say, you know, obviously we were there for the 2019 All-Star Game in San Jose. I was there for the 2022 All-Star Game in Vegas oh, last year. No. <laughs> the In those three years, the merch selection and the merch availability was stepped up to their credit. But to your point, make it available way sooner. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I it, love pre-ordering it, stuff. Dude. Yeah. And it helps build <laughs> hype. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why. You, wait, no, no, no. Let's, let's make it available after everybody's blown their wad at Christmas. That's well, because the, that's the play. Well, because they want it to, they want people to come to the designated storefronts during the week of the event <sighs> and do you. it that way. Hey, this is a super rare, valuable item that you can only get here on this day at this time in this location. It's like, well, shit, now I have to go, you know? Mm, yeah, prime no, I'm not, I'm not example. buying that. I'm no, not I, buying I, that. I don't, I don't buy it either. Don't get me wrong, but prime example, they, um, they did like a special poster for the all-star game last year that I would have purchased if it wasn't overpriced. Now you can't find it on eBay. And I'm like, damn, maybe I kind of wish I did get it, you know? So well, I, I, I understand what they're doing. They're making their product more rare exclusive, but you leave a lot of money on the table by doing that. Dude, I just, I think about the the fans, like how many, I, I, how many of these jerseys would you sell to, I mean, look, Anaheim, right? Not having a great season, but maybe there's like, Hey, let's support Troy Terry. I, you know what? Those jerseys, not too shabby. Look, I'm going to pick up a Troy Terry all-star jersey. Yeah. And then you come to, you get on the website, look at it, hit the order button. All of a sudden it says, yeah, cool. We got you. It'll be there March 6th. <laughs> like, are you kidding? And, and so that's my point as well is like, if you're putting them on sale two weeks before the event and they're going to get them a month after the event, maybe, I don't know, put them on sale a couple months before the event <laughs> to ensure that people have their stuff on the day of the event. Like you, that's you don't, just too easy. Uh, yeah, it's like you don't think people that once they get the product, typically, I, I cannot confirm this, but the last time I looked, when somebody orders a hat or a shirt or a jersey, they tend to wear it, and like <laughs> they'll do it like out in public, and people what might be think? all, "Yo, where'd you get that awesome looking shirt? You know, jersey or shirt or whatever." And you be, "Hey, I got it here, hey, dude. You're wearing that. Oh, hey, dude, nice shirt. Where'd you get that?" Oh, you know, or what's that about? Oh, it's for this game that was played last month. Oh, okay, fuck it. When you're talking about jerseys that are seen in public and make people want one, by any chance are you referring to the one you're wearing? <laughs> Who? Me? Who? Who? But, yeah, it's, anyway, yeah, it's, I don't mean to belabor the point, but it's just, 
it just drives me insane to to see all this money left on the table or all these we want to grow the game but we're going to do a lot of stupid things that don't allow us to do it or what ugh morons idiots I'm surrounded by goofballs so with that everybody go 49ers thanks for listening and hanging with us this week and we will see you next Sunday at our regular bat time on the regular bat channel good night everybody <laughs>